Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Hello. How are we? Very good. Hey, oh. hey, hey. <laughs> so that reminds me of um, Fat Albert. Remember? Fat hey, Albert? hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Nice hey. meeting you today. It's Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. I have to Fat say Albert. that when I see things like that, I just think. If you put that in front of my children and said, oh, my God, you're going to love this, watch it, they'd be like, are you kidding me? Kidding me? me? You watch what? You watch that? Yeah, a show called Fat Albert. <laughs> yeah, hang on, but you, you put me onto the new version of Wurzel Gummidge the other day. Oh, how is that? Please tell me, what is your opinion of that? Well, did you ever watch the original? No, but I was aware of it, but I certainly didn't watch it, no. Look, I thought it was okay. I watched a couple of episodes. If you've watched the original, it's just, just about as mad as that. It's just as odd. And they all came from the southwest, so they all had the carrot-munching accent. They all do that. All right, me lover. All right. I know. That was hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of that. It was very nostalgic for me. I, was, I think I ended up watching three or four episodes just for the accent because I was like, oh, it's the southwest of England, <sighs> my old really stomping ground. Your old stomping ground. And Clarkie, what about you guys? What have you been up to? A bit of work, a bit more work. Uh, we <laughs> have been home all weekend, which has been interesting. So, yeah, it's been quite nice. Nice and relaxing, although I feel super tired for having done absolutely nothing. I'm going to go mm. with that's a good thing. Yeah. Everybody sounds a bit drained. I think I've had one of those weeks too. We've had another heat wave here. I think it's the fourth one we've had since the beginning of December. Uh, and it's Is it all down just one today, heat wave? Well, do you know what? It, so it was 43 in central Perth yesterday. It's not quite yeah. so hot here on the coast, but, I mean, that is hot. But it's mm. that thing where it's like day after day. I, I mean, you're in air conditioning. It's all quite manageable, really. But after, after it's like that for a couple of days, everything becomes hot all the time and it never seems to cool yeah. down. Mm. And that becomes boring and tiring and, I don't know, agitating. I just – Yes. It's, it's cooled down a lot today, but only this afternoon, so – Hopefully everyone will have a everyone will chill out a bit. It's a little bit stressy, you know, when it gets a little bit highly it's strung. Too it's hot. too hot. Yeah. 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 Too, yeah. Too, hot. too hot. It's sort of like when Perth does summer, it's like, okay, we're ready now. And it's like someone mm. turns the heating on <laughs> and they'll leave it on. <laughs> and then that's what we do. And but the same thing happened with winter. You it's you guys get lots of lovely bits and pieces in between and some mm. interesting weather. We don't really seem to have much interesting weather. I love storms and stuff and no, nah, nothing. We've had a few of those, yeah. Yeah. I I hesitate and shudder to ask, but uh, what are we drinking? Well, I'll I'll answer that one first if you like, Swanee. Yes. So we did a bit of uh, dog sitting last night for a friend. and uh, going to say you did a bit of dogging. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) uh, (laughs) That's gone off on a very different tangent and up to the ante of this (laughs) podcast very quickly. So we're having a Goddess 2021 Pink Pinot Grigio, which we haven't had before. It's from Artemis Wines and it's actually quite nice. It's a lovely little gift for dog sitting and it's delicious, which makes it even more special. How about you? Excellent. I don't want to disappoint everybody. Do you know what? If I could have a drink right now, if I could have been more organised, I would love or like a big icy Paloma, but um, 
No, I'm just on the water, I'm afraid. Trial by water, <laughs> trial by dull, sorry. You're going to start doing a – my fantasy wine today is. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that would be good. Um, you could also do trial by water boarding because I think that's a good way to get a confession oh. out of someone. <laughs> Not for you, but, you know, that could be something to keep in mind for towards the end of this podcast. I'm drinking uh, one of my current faves, the sugar-free Cruiser Mango Raspberry, and that's mostly because I went to rehearsal, so I was sober as a judge all day, which is fine, and I was just a bit tired, and so I worry that if I had a glass of wine at this point in time, I'd be asleep. So I'm having a cruiser. And I'm looking forward to cruising through this podcast. (laughs) See what you did there. (laughs) Shall we uh, also introduce ourselves? Yes. I'm Schmitty. And I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are Trial by Wine. (laughs) Cool. So who's got a story for us today? Well, I thought I would try and pick up where we left off on the John Wayne oh. Gacy. Oh, my Lord. Um, I, I'm, oh. I'm surprised. Oh. Yeah. I didn't think you'd come back to it this early, so this That's is exciting. Super well, quick, yeah. I hadn't planned to. I thought I'd leave it a little bit longer. And to be honest, I still, still think we could probably do three mm. three episodes on it. But I, I thought we've had some sort of nicer ones of late, so I feel like we're not totally <laughs> going <laughs> yeah. to be a Debbie Downer by um, going into this context. But... um. Yeah, it's, it's not particularly light, but uh, it is really, really quite interesting. And it's interesting, this time when I started to look at things, there are so many other things that are coming up now that, you know, when you look at an article or a few articles to start with, and it's like all pretty much saying the same stuff. Mm, mm. Now I'm starting to find some inaccuracies and other things that have come up since, but I, I don't always know how to loop them back together based on one person mentioning it or one source mentioning it. And a lot of the stuff is stuff that's been not quite so much happened after the fact, but, you know, with other advancements in, you know, DNA and stuff, you know, mm. they're, they're finding out, you know, different things about the case all the time. So it's a, it's a bit of a moving feast in that respect. But um, I've got some sources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Bible. Mentalfloss.com. Well, the first Clownpassions.com. Clown and that promo code... Try by one, found passions, 20. Oh, God. So the first source is um, a series which is called Devil in Disguise that was produced by Peacock in the US. And it is is brilliant. I mentioned that last time. But this time I've also looked at some other articles by authors on Esquire and The New Yorker. And as a bit of a joke, I'd like to start off with Lad Bible. I actually, I went to that one to find out what they had to say because I thought that might at least lighten the mood before we have to trudge through the um, The Maya Maya of, you know, what he's up to. And it sort of will give us a bit of a, you know, a little bit of a recap, top line of where we've left off with episode one of um, John Wayne Gacy for anyone who, well, even like myself, could not recall all the details because there are so many. But um, let's start off with what the lad Bible has to say. Uh, of course, they've used a picture of uh, Pennywise <laughs> from yeah. Stephen King's It as a little way to get people in. They've sort of said, when last year's It premiered, it reinforced people's fear of clowns. While the film ad- adaptation of Stephen King's legendary novel had a decent amount of comedies thrown into the mix, it's hard to deny that, it, that some scenes were enough to scare Hannibal Lecter. Then they go on to say, well, you know, thankfully he's not real, but of course we do know someone who is. Mm. Introducing John Wayne Gacy a serial killer who had the nickname The Killer Clown because of what he did when he wasn't butchering kids and young adults. 
While he was only convicted of 12 murders, he actually tortured, sexually assaulted and killed 33 teenage boys and young men over a seven-year period. That's interesting. I mm, Sorry. When he the did conviction. the telling last week, yeah, I thought he had. Oh, is it because they couldn't identify them? Sorry. Anyway. Yes, that comes right, right, a lot right, of it comes right. out correct. Yeah. Right. So and also and I'll come on to this later, it's also what was happening in the state of Illinois and how they viewed the death penalty at the time some of the murders took place versus um, others. So there's a division in between when someone was murdered and what the sentence they were able to give, but we'll come into that. This is just as me as I said, this is just what the lad Bible has got to say. Okay. In 67, he started sexually abusing teenagers by promising to show them porn films at his house, blackmailing them or tricking them into thinking he was doing experiments for research. Despite being sentenced to a 10 years behind bars, you'll recall, he only served 18 months and was released with a year's probation. And many, many more of his young JC members, for anyone who recalls the fact mm. that he was um, promoting that chapter that whilst he was in prison. Unbelievable. When he was paroled, he tried to re-enter society by starting his own uh, construction business. He was helpful in his community and was even given the title of Director of Chicago's annual Polish Constitution Day Parade. But his membership with a local moose club was what got him the killer clown monkeyer. He found out about a joker club where members would dress up as clowns and perform at events. Gacy invented Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown, designed his own costumes and did a few gigs. One of the tricks was getting out of a pair of handcuffs, which he would also use on his victims before raping, torturing and eventually killing them. He'd already killed three teenage boys by the time he adopted this creepy clown persona and proceeded to butcher dozens more. When police started investigating him, they sent surveillance detectives to keep an eye on him. One evening, Gacy invited the detectives to join him for dinner and said, you know, clowns can get away with murder. So that's a top-line lad Bible introduction to old mate John old Wayne mate Gacy. Gacy. Mm. Yes. Super unfunny clown. Oh, it's interesting, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I find to be particularly disturbing is the timeline of events because, you know, like in your mind you go through something, oh, you know, he did this and he did that. So much of the stuff is happening like at the same time. So, for instance, when he's murdering people, he, he, sort of, he gets ma- married and moves a woman in after he's already murdered somebody. Like there's stuff like that where you think, oh, you know, then he gets divorced and then you'll think that's when he starts to murder her. It's not, it's just not like that. And it's also, you know, the reference there saying he'd already murdered people when he became a clown. Like it's all this macabre stuff that doesn't neatly fit in a row where you think, oh, okay, see, I can I can track a, you know, a downward trend. It's... Mm. It's all over the shop. Life doesn't anyway, pause um, whilst he does his murders. It actually is chopping and changing in between. It's quite crazy. So what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd start with going through top line a few of the murders where that gives us a sort of a, a picture of how he operated and who he was targeting because there are, as I said, you know, there are 33 <laughs> and I think there are still six that are unidentified and that's even after DNA has been advanced and they've been able to find, a, locate a few more of the um, victims' families. And I think so much of what is important about this is the type of people who were his victims were young men, young, some of them were really young, like 14, 15. Some of them were troubled. Some of them were moving around. Some of them were sort of these disenfranchised youth who... It was really like if they went missing, some of them were, were noticed, obviously, their, their families and that went to great lengths to try and relocate them, but others sort of were totally under the radar. And I think as a result of that, it wasn't until stuff sort of has come later where they're like, oh, actually, 
come to think of it, we never heard of that person again. Um, perhaps it's worth looking into. And I find that a really sad indictment on those people's lives to start with, you know, that they weren't really being loved or cared for in a way that it was missed. so noticeable that their absence was mm. felt. Yeah. I think that's really sad. I mean, it how is. do you get to the number, that number? Who who was looking out for these people? Do you think the same thing would have happened if they were young women? I, I just don't know. I yes. Think it was this... There are a lot of lost people in the world. It's terrible, there, isn't it? There are thousands and thousands of people go missing every year and are not necessarily reported or they're reported by someone who knew them but wasn't their family. Yes. Um, there are a lot of people who run away and drop through the cracks it's, and it is very sad. Oh, God. They just yes. run away but, you know, like leave their families, um, you know, just drop out of society a bit or just move around enough and don't have forwarding addresses or people who care enough, frankly. Mm. that's what it is. And, I mean, it was a different time in the sense that, you know, if you said you were heading off somewhere in the 70s, it's not like you're going to be contactable on your mobile or by email. I mean, it was a different time. I understand that. And sometimes I think, gosh, it's amazing they knew anywhere anybody was, really, if you didn't go to a phone booth and call in or whatever else. Well, that's why I think it was very easy to just disappear. But that's a lot of young people for one person to have managed and, you know, to use a similar sort of modus operandi and to knock them all off, I just, it doesn't, well, obviously doesn't sit comfortably with me, but, you know, he got away with murder. And the more I look at this case or cases, the people around him, you know, I just, it beggars belief that it got this far. It really does. Mm. Schmidty, I'm going to challenge <laughs> you to um, try to make as many jokes as you can that hopefully will be appropriate, although I'm sure when you do the editing, you'll just go, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. But I think our challenge needs to be to try to find humour as Carla tells this amazing um, but also quite dark story. I agree. Understood. Challenge accepted? Yes. As always. Yes. <laughs> because the thing was, there were so many things, because what we mustn't lose sight of was the fact that in the first John Wayne Gacy episode was we couldn't believe how motivated this chap was. Remember Mr. Yeah. KFC? Uh, the guy who got the mini golf mm-hmm. in the um, in the prison, and I said the, the jail would be named <laughs> after him if he hadn't been busted on this. Yes, he was so yeah, exactly. Oh my god, he was just a doer. He's an he's an overachiever. Yeah, he was an overachiever. He was the guy who was the networking king. Remember, there was a um, the photograph. Oh, it was the first lady, and I can't remember. Yeah, which, yeah that's who, right. Yeah, where who was she? Which first lady was it? He was um, yes. photographed with her. You know, it was just unbelievable the the connections that he had because he just didn't stop. He didn't stop. He was a doer. And, I mean, well, I think I I mentioned last time he he did all these murders between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So, you know, he never slept. I don't know he had time to sleep. I really don't think he had time to. Yeah. And the neighbours heard men screaming and didn't do anything about it, which I'm particularly fond of. Yeah, I know. That that bothered us hugely last time, isn't it? So the murder... I mean, we do karaoke here and neighbours hear oh, it. sure they And do. I admit that I'm not a very good singer, so quite obviously people who go, I think someone's dying there. <laughs> but they all just know that's the way I sing, so that's okay. I think your neighbours, though, also hear the same songs every time. So, you know, we've got a bit of... Let's think about uh, favourite songs as sung by you two in your karaoke. It's like it's that they would... By now yes. they'd be like, oh, it's just the boys because there's that, that Paul Kelly number and there's a bit of Tenderfield Saddler. There's a oh. bit of... The Waves. A l- yeah, little bit of Ken waves. Lee. 
bit of can that's right so you know they know because they know through your um your, your favorite playlist repertoire that's what i yeah. was thinking i think but, that the repertoire we, next door got... neighbors for the john wayne gacy was slightly different with screams <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Blood curdling yes. scream, strangulation. Oh, that sounds. Oh, they're at it again. Oh, God. Oh, crazy. It's hard to sleep over here. I wonder who's I know dying I said this last time. time that quote said, Oh, yeah, actually, on reflection, you know, we did hear things and we couldn't sleep. I read somewhere else last night that someone said that they had reported hearing screams and they'd reported to the police, but the police turned up and when. Um, that when you know John Wayne Gacy answered the front door, he said, "Oh no, I'm good. It's all fine." And oh, there were no lots of things that I keep reading like this, and I think, yeah. well, did they really turn up? Because surely, if there was a house full of bodies, there must have been something before we get to that. I mean, we get to that point, obviously. But how do you get away with it for this long? Mm. You're basically sitting on top mm. of all these bodies. Anyway, so let's let's start with his first murder. <laughs> Gacy's first known. Or could we? Please do. (laughs) This occurred on January 3, 1972. So basically his killing spree. Happy New Year. According to Gacy's later account, following a family party on the evening of January 2, he decided to drive into the Civic Centre to view a display of ice sculptures in the early hours of the following morning. He then lured a 16-year-old named Timothy Jack McCoy from Chicago's Greyhound bus terminal into his car. McCoy was travelling from Michigan to Omaha, Nebraska. Again, so that I, you know, I can see that, you know, young boy moving through town, that would happen constantly. Yeah, and that wasn't the first time he'd lured a kid because he'd been sexually assaulting and raping kids. Yeah. Well, young men and probably kids, but this is the first time he killed one. Yeah. Yes, that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. So he, Casey took him on a sightseeing tour of Chicago and then drove him to his home with the promise that he could spend the night and be driven back to the station in time to catch his bus. Prior to McCoy's identification, he was known simply as a Greyhound bus boy, and that he becomes quite infamous in, you know, the, the suite mm. of victims that um, John Wayne Gacy was responsible for. Gacy claimed he woke early the following morning to find McCoy standing in his bedroom doorway with a kitchen knife in his hand. He then jumped from his bed, and McCoy raised both arms in a gesture of surrender, tilting the knife upwards and accidentally cutting Gacy's forearm. Gacy twisted the knife from McCoy's wrist, banged his head against the bedroom wall, kicked him against the wardrobe, and walked towards him. McCoy then kicked Gacy in the stomach, doubling him him over. Gacy then grabbed McCoy, shouting, Motherfucker, I'll kill you. He then wrestled McCoy to the floor and stabbed him repeatedly in the chest as he straddled him. As McCoy lay dying, Gacy claimed he washed the knife in his bathroom, then went to his kitchen and saw an open carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on the kitchen table. Mm. McCoy had also set the table for two. He had walked into Gacy's room to wake him, absent-mindedly carrying the kitchen knife in his hand. This is what Gacy has told them in his admission. Gacy buried McCoy in his crawl space, which we discussed last time under the house, Mm. and later covered his grave with a layer of concrete. In an interview several years after his arrest, Gacy said that immediately after killing McCoy, he felt totally drained, yet noted that as he stabbed McCoy and as he listened to the gurgulations and gasping for air, that he had experienced a mind-numbing orgasm. He added, that's when I realised that death was the ultimate That's when I realised I'm a sick fucker. I think we probably knew that was coming. I never want to hear the word gurgulations again, and I know I just said it. but I feel like I've... 
It's been made up. No calculations. <laughs> is it a real word? Are you yeah, being a bit right, of a true no stretcher? Context. Is that true stretching? <laughs> it's actually a quote from a him. A lyrical so poet. I think um, maybe John Wayne Gacy could be known as a bit of a truth stretcher. Mm. Gurgulations. What a shit word that is. Why would you even? I feel like that's a word that lad Bibles should use. Absolutely. It's also a strange thing to but... say, unless, of course, he had no remorse whatsoever and he, and he wasn't trying to get out of anything, to say, oh, yeah, uh, this guy came in, there was a tussle, I stabbed him because yeah. initially I thought he was going to attack me. Yeah. It turns out he was just making me breakfast. Um, so, oopsies. He was going to scramble my eggs and not poach them. Do you find it odd that he'd even say that, though, that. even if that were the case? You know, you, would, you didn't want to just stick with the thing and say, oh, in self-defence, oh, then you won't believe exactly. it. I walked out and he prepared oh, his breakfast. Yeah, what? Silly bugger, aren't I? But I think by that stage he's so gone, isn't he? Yeah. Like his character has just been assassinated. There's probably nothing left to defend. Yeah, he was not a... Might as well just tell the world how messed up he is. The second time he murdered, this person remains unidentified. Gacy said the second time he committed murder was around January 74. So that's a whole, is it a whole year later, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Two years, two years later. later. That's right. Two, two years, years later. Because once the things start to escalate, they go crazy. But to start with, that's right. So in 72, he, um, I think that's when he he murders number one. Then he mar- marries Carol Hoff. Carol Hoff, and remember her daughters Hoff, move yeah. into the house, the Hoff. Yeah, Hoff moves in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Hoff, so difficult to find information on the Hoff. She has gone to ground, and understandably so. Like, I've been trying to find anything about oh, her yeah. and her daughters, having lived in that house, um, but there's there's really nothing there. Not, they're not talking, <laughs> not surprisingly. Hmm. So, so two years later, so we've gone from January 72 to January 74. This victim remains unidentified. Gacy strangled him and then placed the body in his closet before burial. And this is interesting. This is when, you know, he's starting to learn about his, and I'll use this, you know, knowingly, it's a terrible thing, but his craft as such when he really starts to Mm. do this. He later said that bodily fluids leaked from the victim's mouth and nose, staining his carpet. As a result, Gacy regularly stuffed cloth rags, the victim's own underwear, or a sock into the mouths of subsequent victims to prevent such leakage from occurring. So he's learning on the job. Isn't that revolting? No one wants leakage, but come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that's It'll another word: leakage, gurgulations. Two words now marked forever. Yeah. Never Murder to be is messy used. business. I don't think you know. It's interesting what I think we see on the movies <laughs> and whatever else. I think the reality of some of the ways, some of you know the, the brutal way that he has mm. murdered these people and the things that he's done to them. It would be you know I, nothing that I could ever quite naively to. think that strangling someone would be a clean murder, but when you start to hear about leakage yep. in the closet. Mm, Correct. No, I think because it's like um, when people hang themselves in that, their eyes bulge and like it does a whole lot of damage, obviously, to the the throat and then the brain is cut off from oxygen. Oh. And so it's all horrible. It's really horrible. And the, the tongue swells. Like it's awful, awful. Note to self, if you do put someone in the closet after strangling them, just put some them plastic down leakage first. happens. Yeah. Have the foresight to them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And take your clothes out too because they'll stink. Uh, don't put them in the closet would be my advice. Yeah, yeah let's put them somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just can't Im- – I mean, the dog shot on the carpet the other night and getting the Bissell cleaner out to get rid of that, I can't imagine how you get the stench <laughs> of this kind of stuff out of your house when you, your new bride and her kids are moving in. Oh, oh gosh, I better get some Febreze. I might get them on the antibacterial and give it a good squirt. 
don't, this is the stuff that time and time again, when yeah, we, and it does, not even this case, there are so many things that we've, we've covered that you think that a normal person or would walk in and say, oh God, what's that, what smell? that smell? And then, you know, yeah. over time, really, what is that smell? We've got to, we've got to investigate that. You know, things that really bug me, I walk in, I think like our house today, having had the air conditioning on nonstop through a heat wave, turn the air conditioning off, the house smells kind of hot and stale. And I'm like, mm. oh God, we need a, a you know a yeah, fresh breeze, yeah. and there's no breeze. Things like that, and I'm walking around thinking, I'm pretty sure if there were 23 bodies under here, I'd, I'd have a fair sense of the oh God, what's wrong with the drains? Do you know what I mean? 100%. That's what I'm like. You know what I mean? 100%. At what so, point do you go? Oh, couple, it's all right. Put up with it. I agree. I reckon about a, oh, eight weeks ago there was a rat, and um, I had put poison out for it, and so as some form of revenge, the rat killed its well, didn't kill itself, it died in the um, gutter above the oh. door where I walk in. Oh. Yeah, went, oh, oh. I'll show you. <laughs> That's right. I'm not long for this world. Allow me to drag myself to in front of her door so that as I rot, she can enjoy the exactly. miasma of yeah. my death. And that's it's very dramatic. I hope you're that, happy now. Exactly. That's exactly what it did, though. And it took about, I reckon, happy four dear. four days of walking and going, oh, oh, something dead. I kept looking underneath, like I was underneath the bungalow trying to find whatever it was. And then eventually I stood back and I saw where the flies were. And I thought, oh, okay, there's something up in the gutter. And I got up and I got it out and it was disgusting. But that's just a rat, a little rat. So here I think... Um... If, if you were trying to disguise the fact that you had dead bodies, you could just say a possum died in the roof Ugh. because I don't know if you've ever had that happen. No. But it's a the stink. It's horrendous. Oh, I used to work at a place where possums used to die in the walls quite regularly mm. and well, all you could do that's what they was... told you, Paul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For all yeah, you know, right. <laughs> something yeah, else much more nefarious was happening, yeah. Exactly. They could have been burying bodies in the crawl space. But yeah, it was just, yeah, you just get like a week or something where it was just awful to be in the office. Gross. Um, Quite gross. So Mm. six months later, July 31, 1975, an 18 year old PDM employee disappeared. His name was Butkovich. Butkovich. Um, sorry, don't make me laugh. That's awful. This is. Mm. I'm more laughing because I don't think I'm pronouncing it very nicely. Butkovich. Yeah, Butkovich. Butkovich. Anyway. Butkovich. That PD, yeah. PDP. I'd go with Butkovich. We'll we'll take PDM. It. PDM. Yeah. That was his company. Yeah. yeah, his construction company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people have um, an association with that that came to their demise, whether it be. Because that's what he used a lot of the time to good way to, to meet, meet people, meet people. You know, and you make know, friends, influence, and murder. Correct, mm. and offering young people quick money, um, easy money, and good money. Apparently, painting, decorating, and murder—is that what it's? Do you know what? I couldn't remember what it was. It was painting, decorating, and something. I think in murder maintenance, I, maybe. But yes, I think you're right. Murder. I think you're right because I was thinking about that this morning, thinking, "What's PDM? I must check. Can't remember." Uh, the day before mm. his disappearance, Butkovich had confronted. Um, Gacy over two weeks outstanding back pay. Bukovic's father, Fair. a Yugoslav immigrant, called Gacy, who claimed he was happy to help search for his son, but was sorry Bukovic had run away. When questioned by police, Gacy said Bukovic and two friends had arrived at his house demanding the overdue pay, but they had reached a compromise and all three had left. Over the following three years, 
Butkovich's parents called police more than 100 times, urging them to investigate Gacy further. You know, this is... Failure. It comes Just back to you time and time again. And, you know, I'll read another one and, it'll, and it'll, it'll point to him or they'll have gone to his front door and I'm like, how many people didn't make that connection? It's just mm. unbelievable. So they, they obviously rang him a lot, but did they have anything that was kind of, any kind of evidence or whatever? Because I, th- I could Not imagine if point. you're the police and you get the same call a hundred times over three years, you would start pretty quickly discounting Well, I think it. that there's and, a difference and, between getting um, the same call from one person a hundred times versus getting lots of calls from different people when you're starting to, you know, when it starts to come together, it starts sure. to get really quickly. But, I mean, it took an awful long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But I think I could imagine why if you had the same people ringing you saying you've got to look into him, you've got to look into him, yeah. going, what, what's that based on? And if you had um, done yeah. a cursory look and there was nothing to see, yeah. You, yeah, you'd just sort of go, look, we have looked into it, it's fine. I, I even tried to look in the window at one point but then realised it was dirty and I couldn't be bothered going inside because it stunk. So it smelled, yeah. It smelled I think really a possum had died leakage. in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no way I was going in. Yeah. So that Gacy later admitted to encountering Butkovich exiting his car on the corner of West Lawrence Avenue, waving to attract his attention. According to Gacy, Butkovich approached his car stating, I want to talk to you. Gacy invited Butkovich into his car, then invited him back home to settle the issue, you know, happily, over the overdue wages. However, at his home, Gacy offered Butkovich a drink, then conned him into allowing his wrist to be cuffed behind his back. And remember, we talked about this last time, which is this yeah, joke, that, you know, this yeah, trick that he does, which basically gets them immobilised. Gacy later confessed to having sat on the kid's chest for a while before he strangled him. He stowed Butkovich's body in his but- garage, intending to bury the body later in the crawl space. When his wife and stepdaughters returned home earlier than expected, Gacy quickly buried Butkovich's body under the concrete floor of the tool room extension of his garage in an empty space where he had initially intended to dig a drain tile. I don't know how you do that quickly, but if that's your other option, I, again, oh, quick, someone's home. I don't know that I could bury someone and hide them that quickly, do you? No. Under a concrete floor too. I I don't understand that. Yes, I don't know how you do that. I'm I'm intrigued by the whole, I'm going into his house to discuss how we're going to resolve the outstanding wage issue, but then I'll let him put handcuffs on me. The, the, you know, the, imagine the anxiety and the stress and the kind of, you'd be kind of grateful, pumped up a little bit going, this bloke's a flog and I've got to get my money and get out of here. And then, oh no, put your handcuffs on. Like, where does that trust then come from? Yeah, if you went home and had a, if you, if you went there to have a few drinks and a bit of fun. Yes, I see what you're saying. That would be understandable. Yeah. If you go in there with the intent of trying to get money back, <laughs> you've obviously got not much trust and not much respect for this bloke. But all right then, go on, do that funny trick on me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's odd. Oh, where, what have I got myself but in that, here? But they were all quite young. Yeah, but they were young. Yeah, and no, but I don't, I don't mean that on the, uh, as a reflection on the poor kid. I mean... He obviously has some, like you said, charisma or yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's something about him that make people want to trust him. Mm. And, yeah, it's incredible. So this sort of period of his life, things start to sort of pick up. And, I, again, I know that I talked about this last time. So in 1975, his business is starting to expand. So he's, he's feeling, like, quite flush, I think, with both success in terms of his business um, he, he freely admits that in 1975 was also when he began to increase the frequency 
of his excursions out to get sex with um, young males. And he often referred to these joints, these joints, these jaunts as cruising. So he called sort of 19, oh, no. from 1975 on well, the I made a joke years. about cruising with my cruiser. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I wish I'd known I'm then so what I know to now. All or of something. the stories that we talk about. Yeah. Oh, this is where it all starts to way. really kick in for him. I think at this point he starts to find his stride. And, you know, he, he's. So just to be clear, yeah. there were people who were having sex with that he wasn't killing? Yes. Yeah, right. I believe so. I believe so. If I understand it, it, I think there was so much going on. As I, as we've said before, he just was a very busy guy. In terms yeah. of murdering people, it, it starts in, what, 72, and then a two-year break, and then an eight-month break. And, but it starts to really from about 75 onwards. And after his divorce, I think, which was 76, then he's free agent. Yeah. I was just about to ask that because I seem to recall it was around 76 that he told the Hoff that he was never going to have sex with her yeah. again. And that while he was bisexual, he actually preferred to have sex with men or something. And the whole so, yeah, thought, that, that you know what, the up. house stinks. Just, you know, it's not worth it. I'm out. No worries. Mm. Thanks for your time. You know what? Sex with you is not so great either. I'm out. Could you imagine? Oh, let's not even say, can you imagine? <laughs> that is one fucked up thing to say, really, isn't it? Could you imagine? Carla, I'm please. So no one's no one wanting to imagine that. You do. The whole but wasn't it oh. Mother's Day in 1976 was the last time they yes. had sex? That's a pretty yeah. good memory. Yeah. So he basically he lived Jesus. he lived largely alone after that, although we'll come on to the, the, some men moved in and out. But uh, they were his cruising ah. years, as he referred to them, and that was when he um, – there was that shift. And, again, this was what we talked about last time with reference to the neighbours. So they said that although he was gregarious still and civic-minded, he remember he hosted all these parties, yep. there was some erratic behaviour that was starting to be noticed um, – after the divorce, um, seeing him, you know, a little bit more openly keeping company with young males, the car coming and going early hours of the morning, all hours, I guess, lights coming on at early hours. But again, no one really was dobbing on him except for the one neighbour later recollected, for several years, the sounds of muffled, high-pitched screaming, shouting and crying had repeatedly awakened her and her son in the early morning hours. For several years. For several years. That's just yeah. remarkable. That would mess with you, surely, wouldn't it, for life, knowing for sure. that you listened to some of that, you didn't do oh, look, enough. I know that I've admitted this before, going. that I'm a total Gladys, Gladys Kravitz and I'm like a curtain twitcher and, you know, like to keep my eye on things and I'm, you know, I'm very security-minded and I, I lock every door and I try and keep an eye. And, you know, if I hear in the background, I'm always, I'm always ready and watching her things. So, honestly... If that was going on anywhere near us, I'd be all over it because I'd be yeah. shit scared. Yeah. Irrespective mm. of what was happening to somebody else, which, you know, would be terrifying, I would be terrified to be hearing those kind of sounds in, you know, the dark of night. Could you imagine it? I wouldn't just go, oh, what an inconvenience. I'm trying to get to sleep here. Oh, Do you mind? Oh, goodness me. Goodness yeah. me. I might have to put my earphones Roll over. in. How rude. How very dare they. I wish we hadn't bought into this neighbourhood. There's people <laughs> dying all the time and it's so well, there's torturous, hard to murderous sleep. screams I can hear often between 3am and 6am. So a month after his divorce was finalised, Gacy abducted and murdered 18-year-old Daryl Sampson. He was last seen alone in April, uh, sorry, alive in April 76. Gacy buried him under the dining room with a section of cloth lodged in his throat. Five weeks later, on the afternoon of May 14, 15-year-old Randall Reffitt disappeared shortly after returning to his uptown home from a dental appointment. He was last seen by his grandmother later that afternoon. 
hours after Reffitt was last seen by his family, 14-year-old Samuel Stapleton vanished as he walked home from his sister's apartment. Mm. He and Reffitt were close acquaintances and both were buried together in the crawl space. Oh, and God. investigators believe that they were murdered the same evening. So, again, I don't have any more detail as to whether or not, because you know, the Gacy hasn't come out and said, look, I did it together or whatever. There's no information on this particular one. But they were friends and they were buried together, so every indication would be that was the case. And so remember we were talking about the people who made 100 calls over three yep. years. These two sound like they have immediate family mm, totally. uh, and, yeah. around them. Yep. Did, did any of them, do you know, make calls or did they just not even know that um, John Wayne Gacy existed? I think for these pair, they didn't know because he didn't have that connection through the building company. Yeah. I think these were just young boys. So you yeah, sort of yeah. have the ones who are going through yeah. town. You have the ones that he's yeah. found on a street corner or picked up somehow. And then there are the ones that are the ones that are connected to the business somehow, whether it be through getting a yeah, job or whatever else. And know, somebody was know. aware, like they said, oh, I know that he was going to have an interview about a contract. So that's... That does come into play in a number, but not in this case. That's that sort of was that comes to bear in some of the other ones, though. Yeah, picked a happy one there. Sorry, guys. I know. It's all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jesus. So what I'll do Chew now the is fuck up, there hey? are a number of other murders <laughs> that are not dissimilar to that, where he's just picked up people and um, whether he suffocated them, strangled them, they've all pretty much gone into the crawl space. But it gets a little bit more interesting again when that crawl space has it's to stop. massive. You have to stop being able to crawl in there at some point <laughs> because it's just chockers with graves. Like, fuck, it's a squirm space, maybe. And how the fuck you dig a hole? <laughs> well, like, is he part wombat? <laughs> maybe that's what it is, and he can just burrow because something's yep. fucking not right. I mean, there's a whole lot that's not right, right? But I just don't get how he dig holes under concrete and in crawl spaces. And I struggle to dig a freaking hole in the garden to plant a tree. I think what I'm about to say is possibly one of the most insensitive things I've ever said. I'm now going to jump ahead. One, two, three, four, five murders. And I'm going on to the sixth because it, it, (laughs) I mean, how awful is that? That's okay. I understand. Do you remember... We used to count, um, there was a thing, I don't know if it was primary school or high school, and you go, one, two, one, two skip a skip few, 99, 99 100. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know that, but it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I, this, this one I is. I feel like you just did that. I've never heard <laughs> that until today. It's very apt. <laughs> oh, oh, that's brilliant. God. And I'm going to jump through. So, you know, for everybody else, everybody else that he murdered in 1976, I'm jumping through to 1977 now. January, though. In that timey-winey machine that you have. Correct. On January 20, 1977, Gaze lured 19-year-old John Sick to his house on the pretext of buying his Plymouth satellite a car. He later confessed to strangling Sick in his spare bedroom, claiming Rossi, who is a guy that worked for him at PDM, was asleep in the house the following morning. Gacy later sold the car to Rossi for $300. And that becomes important. Two months later, on March 15, a 20-year-old Michigan native named John Prestige disappeared. Prestige was last seen leaving a North Star, sorry, a near North Star restaurant. He was buried in the crawl space above the body of Francis Alexander. I haven't even mentioned him. He's obviously one of the others. Uh, the shortly before fears. his disappearance, Prestige had mentioned he had obtained work with a local contractor. 
Gacy murdered one additional unidentified youth and buried him in the crawl space in spring or early summer of 1977. The exact time of this murder is unknown. On July 5, Gacy killed a 19-year-old from Crystal Lake, Matthew Bowman. Bowman's mother last saw him at a suburban train station. He had intended to travel to Harwood Heights for a scheduled court appointment regarding an unpaid parking ticket. Mm. So he's just on a roll now. The following month, Rossi, and Rossi was the employee at um, PDM, was arrested for stealing gasoline while driving six car. The gas station attendant noted the licence plate and police traced the car to Gacy's house. When questioned, Gacy told officers Sick had sold the car to him in February, saying he needed money to leave town. A check on the VIN confirmed the car had belonged to Sick. The police did not pursue the matter further, although they did inform Sick's mother that her son had sold his car. Imagine how that felt afterwards. Imagine how that felt to be that close, really. Oh, good news. He sold his car so he could Um, get money so he could get out of town. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Fair enough. I guess it's plausible. Yeah, yeah. But again, so close. They're there again. I mean, he he must have dealt with the police constantly by the sounds of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I've got an answer for that too. I've just had a horrible realisation. So um, a long time ago... I saw a movie with Brian, is it Brian Dennehy? Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's him. And and it's called To Catch a Killer and he's a clown and he yep. tortures boys, whatever. I've just Googled it and, and it is actually, he's playing John Wayne Gacy. Correct. I never, ever knew that. Correct. I remember ever since then, every time I saw Brian Dennehy in any kind of movie, I'm like, you're that fucking <laughs> dirty bloke from that movie. And what I would for like him, to like, I just to judged him completely. I think it's important to note it's a... What's made, that? I think it's always important to classify it as a made-for-TV film. Because in, 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 in films and documentaries, yeah, it's the number one. The made-for-TV film, To Catch a Killer, starring Brian Dennehy as Gacy, oh. was released in 1992. The film is based largely on the investigation of Gacy following the disappearance of Robert Peace by Des Plaines, Des Plaines Police and their efforts to arrest him before the scheduled civil suit hearing on December 22. So, yes, that's what you've seen. That's it. Made-for-TV I didn't know the name film. of the movie... And I didn't know, like, I, I always remember <laughs> seeing Brian Dennehy and just going, you're that dirty bloke, but I couldn't actually put a <laughs> finger on it. But all of this just made me go, fuck, what's that movie? I've had a revelation. Oh, That's him. God. That is disturbing too. Yeah, I have the same reaction to John Jarrett because of Wolf Creek. I haven't Silence, seen Wolf Creek. Oh, haven't don't, 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 do not, don't. That's a Yeah, no, that's it? why I haven't. Don't, yeah. don't, trust yes. me. Allow only yeah. one of us yes. to be scarred forever. Is that, that Australian? Film. Yes. Okay. Is it real? You can no. carry that burden. Oh, no, it's not real, but I think it's um, loosely based on some of the Ivan Milat murders. Mm. Oh, dear God. Yeah, so That's what it's I thought. really, yeah, yeah. really awful and disturbing. But John Jarrett's a nice actor, but same thing. Every time I see him now, I'm like, oh, he's the killer in um, yeah, John Jarrett, in uh, Wolf Creek. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ivan Milat. Wolf Creek. Anyway. That's for another time. Yeah. That is for another time. Yeah. I I went yes. to uni in Canberra and I Bro- used to travel Brian. from the Gold to Canberra, like through the Southern Highlands. Through the, yeah. the Langelow <laughs> State Park. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, mm. yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, not a particularly pleasant time. Speed humps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to be breaking oh. down or going through the dark. That was Second <laughs> most ins- insensitive thing to be said on this uh, podcast today. I'm sure I've got many more. Uh But not not number one, so I'm going okay. It'll it'll come. The more wine I have. 
All right, Carly, you're okay. You look like you're having a little mental breakdown. Do you I need am because there's here? just so many people who've been murdered. Oh. It's sort of like who I feel bad because I'm sort of picking and choosing. But, you know, I think I, I know who I'd like to talk to about okay. you next. But if you'd like to take a break. No, no, I'm okay. It's up to you guys. No, no. But may, maybe at the end um, we can somehow edit in the names of all the people he killed yeah. just so I that we're giving yeah. some level I of think respect, respect to them. I totally because, agree with um, that. It's just... Mm. Yep, horrendous. Never let them be forgotten, but what a fuck. Mm. Unbelievable. Continue. (laughs) By the end of 1977, it is known Gacy had murdered six more young men between the ages of 16 and 21. (laughs) So hang on a sec. So one in 72, (laughs) one in 74, then 75 to 77, that's like another 15 or something. Oh, yeah, then he really starts to amp it up. So much going on, so much, so much to conceal, yeah, so, much, so much to dispose of, so much to to be able to deal with the flesh and the you know the rotting and the decom- decomposition, so it doesn't totally stink the whole place out. How is that possible that this happened? Let's assume it was very cold like, in I Chicago like... when he did a lot of them in December. But I mean, it's not like he's not working through the summer months, June, August. I, I feel like I, I work insane, a lot and I mow <laughs> lawns a lot and I drink wine a lot. Like This is but, the definition but none of, of that needs clean up and hiding and like, oh, fuck. That, oh, no, no words. I know. And none of just, it involves just, How do you find seepage. that time? Leakage, I think. I know, but I like seepage. And Gargulation or something. Yeah, we, 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 I thought we said gargulation. We there's word some words. You, there's some words you can't unhear that are always going <laughs> to conjure up horrible images in your mind. Mm, and by them. some words, that's the only one I can think of at the moment. I don't well, know. I always think of that lady's stuffing. I know panties. it's not a single word, but that man's penis in her mouth. That the Japanese bird. Sada Abe. That'd, that'd be oh, it. Eat <laughs> a bag of dicks. A bag. Yeah. That yeah. is sad. <laughs> I know. There should just be one battered salve. That is something that will live with me forever as well. But anyway, yeah, gargulations it is. For anyone who's just joined the podcast, go back and listen to battered salve for that. Yes, please um, do. In late, very late, seventy-seven, on December thirtieth, Gacy abducted a nineteen-year-old student, Robert Donnelly, from a Chicago bus stop at gunpoint. Gacy drove him to his what? home. That's an escalation. Mm-hmm. Massive escalation. Gacy drove him to his home where he raped, tortured and repeatedly dunked Donnelly's head into a bathtub until he passed out. Mm. Gacy taunted him with statements such as, aren't we playing fun games tonight? Imagine saying that. This comes from him. Donnelly Donnelly later testified at Gacy's trial that he was in such pain that he asked Gacy to kill him. Gacy replied, I'm getting around to it. After several hours... Hang on, so he didn't kill him. Gacy drove Donnelly to his workplace and released him, warning him that if he complained to police, they would not believe him. Well, no one else. The police hadn't believed anyone else. Where where do people get those balls, like, to go, I'm going to do all of that and then I'm going to release you? Like, I just, especially when you've already killed, what did we say? So we've done 9, 12, 21, 22, 3, Maybe that was the point, you know. I've killed all these other people. Now it's 
Now it's like, how much farther can I take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying. It was actually hard. I don't know. To not kill him for him in this respect because going out it'd be more risky that he would get dobbed in. So yeah, maybe he gets more um, satisfaction out of having someone alive and suffering rather than killing them and not seeing them suffering. Maybe not, but he did on this occasion. Imagine what it would take to think you'd get away with that. Like, fuck. Donnelly reported the assault. So now we've jumped into 1978. Oh, no. To the defective detective. Donnelly reported the assault and police questioned Gacy on January 6, 1978. Gacy admitted to having a slave sex relationship with Donnelly, but insisted everything was consensual, adding that he didn't pay the kid the money he had promised him. The police believed him and filed no charges. Oh, what the fuck? Is this the same police department where the hundred calls had been made and raped, like he's tortured, living in the same and repeatedly place. dunked his head in the bathtub and that's when he, and he said, oh, well, you know, it's a sex-slave relationship and they've got, you know, all right, all right. Sorry for bothering you. Again, we'll, we'll see you later. I just... No, no, but is that is it the same police department where other people had complained about him, or is it? Like, I don't know the answer to that. In a different town, and yeah, okay, right. I don't know. I don't know how it because that, that's where you get that cumulative effect. You would think so, but I don't care. It's still what all he happening says. in Chicago. Um, well, Des Plaines. Yeah, right. So I, you know, I think the answer to that is probably yes. And if it's not, I mean, I don't know how yeah. how connected the systems were, but I mean, I, I can't imagine. It would be totally disconnected. Well, you know, I'm sure they're in the same area. Yeah. Maybe not the same suburbs, but you know. Yeah, it's not days of the it's internet. Not, it's I'd not like working. Whatever it is. I wonder if he's. I might just ring around and see what everyone else tells me about this bloke. What mm. what Yelp review he gets? <laughs> the yeah. The following yeah, exactly month, right. I mean, how many stars on Facebook or? So in Feb of '78, Gacy killed 19-year-old William. Kindred, who disappeared on February 16 after telling his fiance, who knew Gacy, that he was to spend the evening in a bar. Kindred was the final victim Gacy buried in his crawl space because it was full. Because it couldn't fit anymore couldn't in. Couldn't get any yeah. more in. Oh, Could you imagine your we entire. Saw that coming, didn't we? The entire Underneath of your house, house is. Full of bodies. Chock a block. That is revolting. I saw the best quote and I can't find it, but he said something in prison later on that said. Something to the um, likes okay. of, basically, you should have paid me for running a cemetery. Oh, God. Oh. What a oh. sicko. I'll need to find that. I just cannot find where it was. But when I maybe I heard it. Maybe I heard it on one of the documentaries. But it was like, oh, you are something else, buddy. What that a is just, cocky arsehole. Not oh. one of those people should have been dead if he hadn't killed them. So on March 21... Gacy lured 26-year-old Jeffrey Rignall into his car. Shortly after Rignall entered the car, Gacy chloroformed him and drove him to his house where his arms and head were restrained in a pillory device affixed to the ceiling and his feet locked into another device. Do you see that kind of stuff in people's houses? I don't know. I guess you do. It depends on the people. I feel like chloroform's dropped off the end of the earth. Like that used to be around in movies and stuff quite a lot in the 80s, I think, maybe the early yeah. 90s, but I haven't seen anything with chloroform in it for a long time. Uh, moved maybe on to date drugs. 
Well, yeah, you can get your hands on, on, stuff. on roofies and stuff, yeah. yeah, if you want to immobilise someone at the bar. Yes. There was always so. those things about someone <gasps> getting a cloth and putting yes, it over correct. someone's mouth till they passed out. Yep, that's what he's doing that, here. That doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah. Maybe we should start a campaign to Being bring that back chloroform. chloroform. You can kill people if you're not careful with chloroform. You you can overdose them and kill them. Oh, just of course to make you that <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to ask how you know that because then I'll be an accessory to whatever you've done. I'm just, just going to go. You know, quite dangerous. Yeah. Not not for Putting meddling. Out there. Yeah, you can. Yeah. you yep, can yep, find yep. out all kinds of things on the internet, can't you? You want to bring it back, and that's fine. But I'm just telling you, be careful. Right. right so, <laughs> there's reasons you gave it away in the first place. Yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> Gay sex lane to Rignall, he had complete control Sorry, over him and then he and what he intended to do. Um, and he, sorry. I don't want he to know. What he intended to do, whatever he wanted to do to him, when he wanted and how he wanted. He then raped and tortured Rignall with various instruments, including lit candles and whips, and repeatedly chloroformed him into unconsciousness. Gacy then drove Rignall to Chicago's Lincoln Park, where he was dumped unconscious but alive. Rignall managed to stagger to his girlfriend's apartment. What? Police were informed of the assault but did not investigate Gacy. Rignall, because they didn't, oh, know, get out of he town. didn't know who he was, Rignall was able to recall oh, okay. through the haze right. of that night the Oldsmobile, he knew his car, the Kennedy Expressway and particular side streets. He and two friends staked out the Cumberland exit of the expressway and in April Rignall saw the Oldsmobile which he and his friends followed to 8213 West Summerdale. <gasps> so they did the work of the police. Police obtained okay. an arrest yeah. warrant and Gacy was arrested on July 15. He faced trial for oh. battery against Rignall. Battery. battery? What does that even mean? Like a battery hen? No. He beats him Beating up. him up. Because yeah. I dare say Rignall probably not, didn't tell that over there um, happened. Not rape. Right. Because I don't think people tell people. I think that people are so, men are so ashamed that they've got themselves into this situation mm-hmm. that another man has done this to them that they just go the, you know, what's the light version of this? PB. Yeah, yeah. PB. PG version. I just terrible. I feel like if you, yeah. I feel like if you go, because I think we've seen that too with women, where if, if you get, like, it's just people, right? If you get treated badly, you don't want to, Report it or go and do something, but I think yeah. if he does, then go and report it. I'd like to think that he's being fairly um, upfront about the whole thing and and battery. Like what the fuck? Because if if he did all of that to any of us, if you went and reported it, you'd actually want him to go away for. I would assume it'd be what a, he yeah. did, not for some. I mean, if that crime, if that was reported what? as a crime on the news tonight. You would assume that the person, if they were found and, you know, or had been found and went to, to trial, would be doing some serious time. But anyway. Some so serious this is punching. July 15 of 78. Eight. 78, right? By, se- by 78, the crawl space, as I said, had no room for further bodies. 
Gacy later confessed what? to police that he considered stowing body, bodies in the attic initially, but he'd been worried about the complications arising from... But they stunk. Leakage. Dead possum. Leakage. The possum effect. Oh. Leakage. A leakage. Leakage. Oh, Therefore, God. he chose to dispose of the bodies off the I-55 bridge into the Des Plaines River. Gacy stated he'd thrown oh, five bodies into sense. the river in 78. Oh. However... One of which How many were found? Four, because one of which he believed had landed on a passing barge, which would account for the fifth. Only so he was right. Oh, oh, <laughs> goodness so gracious! And no one reported that. Uh, well, in different. <laughs> they thought maybe they thought it was a suicide. Maybe they didn't know that it was a yeah, garbage. On, Who knows? On. You maybe they never saw it. We don't know. Oh, so yeah, okay. we don't know. It's gone down river, gone. Oh. <laughs> Goodness me. So, but okay. this is this thing where it, without the context of um, John Wayne Gacy telling them all this as well, oh, my they God. Know, I mean, yeah. this is what he's you told them. Nobody would know. And there's a guy that I've seen interviewed and he claims, and he said, look, there were lots of things that he said that I don't believe and there were lies and whatever else. He said, but sometimes yeah. I believe that he was telling the truth. And there was one point where he said he thought there were about 45 bodies and the other guy said, well, you know, he said, it's not my job. To work that out, you have to go and find them. But he said, I'm, I believe that there are 45 plus. He does think that there are more. And, I mean, he's on such a roll. I mean, whether there's more, it's, it's totally plausible, isn't it, really? These are just the ones they've found. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he could do 12 in a year, he could do 15, you know? Yes. God. So the first victim um, thrown over the I-55 bridge was a 20-year-old he was murdered in mid-June after, you know, leaving his apartment to purchase cigarettes, so just picked up. Um, and again, same, the other, the last person was... Um, well, you, you always say that just picked up. Like, how do you just pick up people? It can't be easy, them. can it? I think, um, I think probably, you know, like... Uh, well, I don't know that all these... Boys was homosexual, but they might have been experimenting. And at the time, you know, it was the seventies, and he said a lot of people did stuff for money. He would say to me, and they didn't yeah, see themselves just, as gay. They'd like, give, give you a bit of money. Yeah, that, that happened a lot. Yeah. But he was often using, you know, he yeah, was still right, using so. the the contractor thing to meet people. So, like, if he ran into somebody, he'd be like, "Oh, you know, mate, I've got a business. You know, do you want to? You got what's some, some work? work for you? Yeah, yeah." And a, a number of people come mm-hmm. out later. Sisters, um, you know, siblings, friends, whatever else, and there were quite a few connections that people had heard the person who ended up being murdered say that they were in construction or they, they were, there was a lead or there was something, and it's usually that he was going to meet with them, but he might pick them Get up a on job, a corner. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They might be going to meet him, so he hadn't said, "I'm going to meet with John Wayne Gacy, who owns PDM Constructions," um, but they weren't able to put mm. the picture together. But they were like, "Oh, actually, he had mentioned something like that." So that was. As you said, it wasn't all people out, you know, um, looking to have sex. It wasn't all about cruising. A lot of it, it was all, this mixture where he was able yeah. to use sex for the people that that would be a motivating factor for, money for the people who were motivated by money or whether it be work and, you know, money combined or whatever it was. And, you know, a lot of the situations seem there were people who were adamant, you know, not interested, but there were other people who were quite fluid and, you know, Money's money, blowjobs are blowjobs, yeah, okay. whatever, you know. You must be very good at reading people. Like it's yeah. 
you know, I guess there's just this, again, that thing about um, there's something about him that um, he, he must be very good at understanding people's motivations very quickly and acting on them and having them trust him. I don't, you go out to get cigarettes and you end up going home with, with some random person yeah. and getting murdered. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's like when he was doing the JC's thing and when Carla spoke in the last episode where he introduces porn yeah. and swinging and everyone's okay yeah. with it. Mm. Like, you know, he, there is something about yeah. this guy that people just say, yeah, all right, I'll go along with that. <laughs> yeah. It's just bizarre. Um, great, great. I listened to another podcast called Australian True Crime um, with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb, and they always talk about the fact that monsters don't look like monsters. If they did, mm. they wouldn't be able to do anything. Yes. And so you know, there's, there's clearly something about him that, um, you know, you just wouldn't suspect he is going to do what he's going to do mm. and therefore it, you're comfortable getting in his car or going to his house or absolutely. putting the handcuffs on or whatever that is but fuck 100 percent. i have a had an ex-colleague who um murdered 33 people <laughs> sorry that's not even really funny so oh darling uh in in the next life well actually i did have an ex-colleague who murdered someone when i was in the uk wow but i didn't know this person directly so they were working in the same organization fuck, as me, quickly in the same building as me at the same time as i was there but i didn't know them personally and it was around the time, Carla, I went back yeah, to Australia, yeah. and this 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 woman went Understandably. missing. She had to get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this woman went missing, and and I um I remember the police coming and dredging. I buried her in the coral space. No, they were dredging the ponds around our building. Really. Because they thought that they may have found bits of this lady there, and they didn't find her there, but they did find parts of her in various other places. And it turned out that this person who um, was working at the same place as me was her land, uh, sorry, uh, lodger, and he and another mate had, you know, for whatever reason, decided to kill her and cut her up and claim her pension. Oh. So your point oh. is right, which is you don't oh. expect a monster to be having their, you know, eggs and bacon in the same cafeteria that as works. you are sitting in, but it happens. It strikes me that. Your mate, old mate, as we like to call him, J-Dub Gacy. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to put a one-man tribute band together of the village people, only he didn't have a cowboy outfit or an um, American Indian chief or whatever that other guy is. Because remember Construction he, worker? Construction worker, policeman. So because yeah. remember you told us last time that he actually posed as a policeman in some of his ways of getting people into the car yes, and getting yes, them home. Indeed. So that's two of them down. And then he said, I tell you what, I haven't got the other costumes, but I'll just have some shit clown outfits. <laughs> I'll do patches and I'll do what was his other Popo, Pogo. Or Pogo, yeah, yeah. Pope, yeah. Not Popo, Popo. Popo's a police <laughs> mistake. The Popo. So I thought maybe he was doing a village people thing. Maybe. He was certainly. Mm. Village people just uh, in my world are way better than J Dub Gacy. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah. He did try to do that. He did a shit job of it. I agree. I agree. Would this be inappropriate to bring in the fact that I also really liked You Can't Stop the Music, the album? And I used to, um, I used to really like, I love you to death. I love you to death. <laughs> Such a shit song. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No. 
No. Do you um, know the uh, Do you know the movie? And what's his name? Bruce Jenner was in. I it. know the movie. You can uh, start was he? the music. Yeah, I'm sure the, the Village People movie. My mum taught me to see it. It was big. Yeah. Oh, I know the it was album. Big. Yeah, no, no, I do. Did you have the that. album? Mm. Uh, no. I do remember in the 70s driving along in Elizabeth Coop's uh, parents' uh, Volkswagen, like a little VW Beetle, and that song coming on the radio and they're going, stop you can't music. stop the music, can. nobody can stop the music. And he goes, oh, yes, I can, and just turns the radio <laughs> off. Dad joke. Oh, oh God. 100% nailed it. Well, my anecdote for You Can't Stop the Music, Carl, yeah. is that because I was a year younger than you. Yeah, it's 1980. My mo- it was 1980. Yeah. My mother uh, went to the pictures with my two sisters and brother <gasps> and me and apparently at the village cinema, wherever that was being shown, they had an age limit for You Can't Stop the Music. It was, I don't know, PG or something. And so oh. I wasn't allowed to go, <laughs> but instead, so instead of seeing the village people, you can't stop the music. My mother took me into the sh- film she went to see, which was Breaker Morant. <laughs> so <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't remember dancing to the soundtrack of Breaker Morant. <laughs> and I was in, yeah. I was in grade one. I would have been in grade one or prep. <laughs> And um, <coughs> I remember the teacher coming up to me and she said, did you have a nice weekend? And I said, oh, yes, miss. Um, my mum took me to see Breaker Morant because I wasn't allowed to go to the village people. And she said, oh, oh, oh you know, because it's about the blokes who were executed in the Boer War or something, I can't remember, <laughs> thing of the Light Brigade, whatever it is. I mean, I was only about five or six. <laughs> and um, But I remember saying to the teacher, oh, yes, and the man said, Shoot straight, you bastards. Don't make a bloody mess of it. That would so be you. All of you were bastards. <laughs> and the teacher went, oh, that's interesting, yeah. and then looked at my sister horrified and walked away. Yes, anyway. I digress. Oh, my God, I so, digress. Where are we? We're not on I Can't Stop the Music. We're on the murder. I Can't Stop the Killing. No. Nobody You can't stop, stop the, the killing. Stop Nobody the police can. can't stop the killing. Nobody can. But this chat. Or the neighbour. You uh, can't screaming. stop the screaming. Nobody, Nobody, Nobody can stop the screaming. Stop the screaming. Stop the screaming. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Because it was so horrifying. Oh. It's just a coping mechanism. I was anyway. thinking that there hadn't Go been on. much sort of yes. being able to let loose. There hasn't been much laugh. Yes. Things start to turn a corner now, though. So um, this is a this is we're not going to keep we're, we're, for the better or the worse. Well, mm. slightly worse for a, for a period of time, and then oh. things are starting to you know things are starting to unravel a bit. Oh. For, I feel like I just got a nut punch. Yeah. Okay. Go okay. On. So on the afternoon of December 11, 1978. Gacy visited the Nyson Pharmacy in Des Plaines to discuss a potential remodelling deal with the store owner, Phil Torf. While he was within earshot, a 15-year-old part-time employee, Robert Peast, Gacy mentioned his firm often hired teenage boys at a starting wage of $5 per hour, which was almost double the pay he was receiving at the pharmacy. Shortly after Gacy left the pharmacy, Peast's mother arrived at the store to drive her son home so the family could celebrate her birthday together. Peast asked his mother to wait, adding that some contractor wants to talk to me about a job. He left the store at 9pm, promising to return shortly. 
Peace was murdered shortly after 10pm at Gacy's home. Gacy later stated... Jeez, he doesn't, doesn't take long, does no. he? Like he's, where, he just gets him and Where was the mum? We'll get to that. At home. Just wait for him. Back at the shop. Just still wait for him. Back at the pharmacy. Mm. Gacy later stated at his house he asked Peace whether there was anything he wouldn't do for the right price, to which Peace replied that he did not mind working hard. In response, Gacy stated good money could be earned by hustling, although Peace was dismissive. Gacy then duped Peace into donning handcuffs before saying, I'm going to rape you and you can't do anything about it, as Peace began weeping. He also stated that as he placed a rope around Peacenick, the boy was crying, scared. Gacy admitted to having received a phone call from a business acquaintance as Peace lay dying, suffocating on the bedroom floor. Now, if that man is not vile enough, that is just some innocent kid, like really wrong place, wrong time. That is just fucking horrendous, isn't it? That is all bad. So, So from a police perspective... The mum has gone to pick him up. He said, just hang on because there was a contractor here earlier who's going to come back and talk to me about a job. I can tell you what happens. He's then somehow yeah. ended up, well, I guess what I'm trying to work out is how do they not connect those they dots? Do. If, they do. Oh, this okay. is the first time just dots do. start this to get connected, finally. Fucking thank when God. Peace failed to return, his family filed a missing report sorry, a missing persons report with the Desplain Police. Torf named Gacy as the contractor Peast had most likely left the store to talk to about a job. Lieutenant Joseph Kozenskak, whose son attended Main West High School like Peast, chose to investigate Gacy further. Having spoken with Peast's mother on the morning of December 12th, Kozenak, I can't even say that, Kozenak, I think it is, Kozenak became convinced Peast had not run Cousin, just call him Cousin, cousin, cousin Zach. Zach. Yeah. It's okay, he's not a victim. Cousin yeah. Zach, cousin Zach. Uh, became convinced, <laughs> it really does look like that actually, Peace had not run away from home. A routine check of Gacy's criminal background revealed that he had an outstanding battery charge against him, we know that one, uh, in Chicago, and yep. had served a prison sentence in Iowa for the sodomy of the 15-year-old boy. That was 10 years earlier. Wow, he's good. He's like the best. Cousin Zach's like the best thing to happen to Des Plaines police in... Ten years. Forever. Eight years. Mm, mm. Cousin Zach? That was interesting oh, though sorry. because didn't they didn't they say about his um, crime in Iowa that the... Uh, was it was sealed? The record was sealed. Yes, there was something that was some like expunged. expunged. There was some, no, it wasn't that. expunged. It was sealed. Yeah, the record was sealed. He, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm. So that's interesting you found that out. Okay. Because it hadn't come up before until this, but I don't know why it comes up now. Cousin Zach and two, two Des Plaines office. I hate calling it Des Plaines because it looks like it's French, but you don't pronounce it French. It's not Des Plaines. It's Des Plaines. And when they say it, it's Des Plaines, yeah. it looks like Des. I'm joking. Cousin Zach and Des Plaines. <laughs> it sounds like some poor bloke named Des who is super plain. I, but I'm sure people listen to me going, I'm saying someone's name that is Polish and I'm calling them Cousin Zach and two Des Plaines police officers. I couldn't sound like I'm more Aussie than I tried. But I promise you Des Plaines is how they say it. <laughs> Cousin Zach and two. But you are nailing I totally it, so continue. continue. It's Bogan hour with Swanee. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, um, uh, what's it called? There's a, a Blampede. 
It, that should be pronounced. Blampede is a town in Victoria. All right. It should be pl- pronounced Blompier. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they call it Blampede. Oh. So, you know, you're right. Des Plaines. Yeah, so. Not Deplons. So, Carla, while she might be um, concerned about the way you're pronouncing things, I feel like you could be saying Des Plaines and Cousin <laughs> Zach. You know, you're not Look, that Aussie I, I feel like I am. It's it not, sounds like it's my, it sounds like, like it to my ear. It's Cardinay is shunt. It's a very affluent place. It is a very yeah. affluent place. So Cousin Zach and the two yes. Des Plaines police officers visited Gacy at his home the following evening. <laughs> Gacy indicated he had seen two youths working at the pharmacy and that he had asked one of them, whom he believed to be pieced, whether there was any remodelling materials behind the store. He was adamant, however, that he had not offered peace to job and he had only returned to the pharmacy shortly after 8pm as he had left his appointment book at the store. Gacy promised to come to the station later. I, I don't quite understand that. I'll get to you later. I'll come to that that evening bizarre. to make a statement confirming this, indicating he was unable to do so at that moment as his uncle had just died. When questioned as to ha- how soon he could come to the police station, I've never seen that before, he responded, you guys are very rude. Don't you have any respect for the dead? <gasps> Who are buried in my Correct. crawl space? Yeah. At 3.20 a.m., Keep late hours, Gacy arrived at the police what? station covered in mud, claiming he'd been involved in a car accident. On returning to the police station later that day, Gacy denied any involvement in Peace's disappearance and repeated that he had not offered him a job. When asked why he had returned to the pharmacy, Gacy reiterated that he had done so in response to a phone call from Torf, informing him he'd left his appointment book at the store. Detectives had already spoken with Torf. This is the one bit of great investigative journalism who denied calling Casey. I'm sorry, Gacy. I haven't got that wrong. God, I'm a dick. At the request of detectives, Gacy prepared a written statement detailing his movements on December 11. At this point, does that feel a bit odd to you? It's like they've they've been very polite with him. It's like, would you mind coming to the police station? Could you possibly prepare a a statement detailing your movements? Does that feel... Bit off I'm, to you? I don't know why it does to it me. It all is weird. Like, so I'm still confused about how the mum went to pick him up and he said, hang on, I've just got to do blah, blah, blah. Just go to this meeting with this guy. Yeah. Never and come then back. never came home. And, yeah, it, there's a lot of people around this particular bit yep. that would point to, you know what, we're not going to take you at your yeah. word. We're actually going to. Um, and I think that's what I'm. You know, do this on our terms, I think not that's yours. That's why it feels slow. Straight under the house. Yeah. So first search yeah. warrant. Got a warrant. Correct. So they've yeah. done that. Got a warrant. Straight in. Searched the house. Arrested him. They did get a warrant, did they? Yes. Suspecting Gacy. And they went to but go I'm just in. Looking they at thought the they were in the crawl space, but couldn't get in because it was no, full. No, they weren't down there. <laughs> so this, so December 11 is the day goes on December 13. So. Suspecting Gacy might be holding peace against his will at his home, the Plain Police obtained a warrant to search Gacy's house on December 13. This search of Gacy's property revealed several suspicious items, including several police badges and a six millimeter mm. brevetta start. Brevet, I don't know how to say that. Brevet, I would have thought brevetata. Brevet, a starter pistol <laughs> inside an office right. drawer. Egg frittata. No, pronounce it incorrectly. It's a brand name. And a syringe and hypodermic needle inside a cabinet in Gacy's bathroom. Investigators also found handcuffs, several books on homosexuality, and pederasty. Does anyone know what that is? 
Pederasty. Pederasty. Sounds like something. I was supposed to look it up before and I forgot. It's a Greek form of interaction in which members of the same sex would partake in the pleasures of intellectual and or sexual relationship as part of a socially acceptable ancient custom. Pederasty is an ancient Greek form of interaction. That's what I just said. I missed the beginning. I'm just reading Um, it. Older male and younger male, but male usually in his teens, characteristic of the archaic and classical periods. It's a pedophilia. Sexual relationship of an old man with a young boy. That's right. Between an adult and and Oh, and a pubescent. No, but they said they said intellectual. Well, yeah. Oh, I see. So it's used it says here as a historical practice. Yes. But um, In most countries today sexual relationships are illegal. Oh god. Yeah, it's pedophilia. <laughs> Funny, that. <laughs> pedophilia. Right. Modern view. Yes. In the modern world, an, yeah, adult, an adult engaging in sexual I'm activity with a minor may be considered child sexual abuse or statutory rape. There you go. Pedophile. So that's there right. you go. I've never heard that word before. They also found seven pornographic films, capsules of amyl nitrate, and an 18-inch, 46-centimetre dildo in Gacy's bedroom. Oh, that's got a smart... Great word. Ah, Great word. 48 no, inch. 18 inch. 46 centimetres. I don't know where that's going, but Schmitty, I'm pretty sure God didn't our offices for that. It's not going anywhere near any of my holes. Anyway. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> oh, but the next one's, the next one's like a 39 were. inch, 99 centimetre. I'm thinking, where's he going with this? But it was a two by four with two holes drilled into each end, <laughs> thankfully. 39 inches? Yeah. What the fuck? Right, so Bottle- motherfucker. <laughs> Bottles Ooh. of Valium, and interestingly, several driver's licenses were found in the northwest bedroom. Mm. A blue hooded Parker was found atop a toolbox inside the laundry room, and underwear too small to fit Gacy was located inside a bathroom closet. In the northwest bedroom, investigators found a class of 1975 Maine West High School ring engraved with the initials JAS. They also recovered a Neeson Pharmacy photo receipt from a trash can alongside 36-inch section of nylon rope. Now, what I find interesting, at this point, they go to surveillance. <laughs> Do you know what I, Again, I find that... Anyway. And the place didn't smell? <sighs> no, no, but no, but I think you... Like, if you were in that... They're probably going, there's something really really what serious going on yeah, here yeah. and we but all of that circumstantial whilst we've, whilst we've collected all of this yeah. none of it's definitive yeah it's yeah not so helping. I, where, like and I where's understand peace? that because he's still missing yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. i think well, that makes it's, sense. it's an interesting question about what you could do because to your point if there's no smoking gun yeah. or body no body parts yeah. found everything looks a bit sus but yeah, where, where are we going nothing, with it all? There's nothing yeah. definitive. Regina Lawless would get him off at this I point. I wonder what. Yeah, she would do that. <laughs> the Des Plaines Police confiscated Gacy's Oldsmobile and other PDM work vehicles. Police assigned two two-man surveillance teams to monitor Gacy on a rotational 12-hour basis as they continued their investigation into his background and potential involvement in peace disappearance. These surveillance teams... I wish teams... they had have knocked on the neighbour's door who said that there was screaming going on between three and six. Yeah, mm. that would have been that helpful. That would have speed the process up, wouldn't it? Anyway, or, or even just taking a call and... Remember she said she tried to report it? Yeah. God, there's a lot of weird-ass weird shit going on, isn't yeah. there? The following day. So at this point. Get off the gunge, 70s. So at this point there's four people, two sets, watching him constantly. It is still pre-computers. So yeah. I think as much as, yeah, you know, we're, right. we're shitting on him a bit, 
the record keeping would have been difficult to put all that together. Whereas in the, in the world now, if you've got a database on, you know, pinging this man quite constantly, you're more inclined to yeah, pick him yeah. up. There's also a lot of drugs in the 70s, isn't there? So, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. I, Sorry, I would, but I've just got to finish my doobie before I go over there and <laughs> investigate. Got to roll this I hope, it's, I hope it's not laced with something synthetic so you get the shits and have to go into a high school to go to the bathroom and, uh, you know, oh, put God. a remote oh. control in the toilet. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and eat, eat a Betty frosting. Crocker cake. <laughs> <laughs> that was, don't be upset. Yes. Don't be upset with us. That was your story, Carl. Stapler in the it toilet. <laughs> You'd be forgotten. That was Floridian uh, frolics. Anyway. No, yeah. I just I just feel like Carla's face is saying that um, I'm really traumatised by what I'm about to yeah. tell you and I just need yeah, to it get is. it out and so it's stop a interrupting bit like that. me. It's sort of, yeah, it all okay. starts all to right. pick up pace a little bit now. So the following day, so you've got your two sets of surveillance teams, you know, working one shift on, one shift off, to keep a constant eye on him. But they receive a phone call from Michael Rossi, and I mentioned him before. He was the one who had worked for um, Bought the car? Correct, yeah. Yeah. At this point, he informs the investigator of Gregory Godzik's disappearance, who was a guy who worked for PDF, and the fact that another PDF employee, Charles Hadler, had been found drowned in the Illinois River earlier that year. So they, mm. he just put it out there. On December yeah. 15, Des Plaine investigators obtained further details of Gacy's battery charge, learning the complainant, remember Jeffrey Rignall? He, yeah, he had reported that Gacy had lured him into his car, then chloroformed, raped and tortured him before dumping him with severe chest and facial burns and rectal bleeding in Lincoln Park oh. the following morning. Oh, you didn't mention And then in an interview bleeding. with Gacy's former wife, so the Hoff was contacted. No, that escalated, didn't it? Oh, yeah. oh it's made me, I mean, it goes without saying, but oh, when you say those words, ouch. Gacy's former wife, they learned of the disappearance of John Butkovic. Don't know why she knew that. And the same day, the West Main High School ring was traced to John Allen Sick. Remember Alan Sick was the car? Sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, was yeah. that John Sick? An interview yeah. with Sick's mother revealed that several items from her son's apartment were also missing, including a Motorola TV set. <laughs> Who knew? By December Motorola. 16, Gacy was becoming affable with the surveillance detectives, regularly inviting them to join him for meals in restaurants and occasionally for drinks in bars or at his home. Are you kidding? Oh, he's <laughs> got balls, loop. man. He oh, repeatedly denied he had anything to do with Peace's disappearance and accused the officers of harassing him because of his political connections or because of his recreational drug use. Mm. Knowing these officers were unlikely to arrest him on anything nah, trivial... I'm not okay with that. ...he taunted them by flouting traffic laws and succeeded in losing his pursuers more than once. Then... Jeepers. Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Poor Brian Dennehy. He sounds very much like Brian Dennehy, this John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Very much. Oh, sorry, go <laughs> Very much. Investigators conducted a formal interview of Rossi on December 17. He informed them Gacy had sold Sick's vehicle to him, explained that he had bought the car from Sick because he needed money to move to California. A further examination of Gary Gacy's Oldsmobile was conducted on this date. In the course of examining the trunk of the car, investigators discovered a small cluster of fibres they suspected to be human hair. That evening, Ugh. officers conducted a test using three trained German Shepherd search dogs to determine whether Peace had been present in any of Gacy's vehicles. One dog approached Gacy's Oldsmobile and lay on the passenger seat in what the dog's handler informed investigators was a death reaction, indicating Peace's body had been present Someone in the vehicle. I love that dog. 
That evening, Gacy invited detectives Albrecht and Huckmeister to a restaurant for a meal. In the early hours of December 18, he invited them into another restaurant where over breakfast, I can imagine having to eat with his man, early breakfast, he must be up all the time. But you don't have he to. to. his business, his marriages. No, this is a bit I can't and get. And his activities as a registered clown. At one point during the conversation. to surveil him if you're actually with him. Yeah. Gacy remarked, you know, clowns can get away with murder. I've used that line before, but that was yeah. where it was yeah. actually from. Yeah. I, I don't understand. So the police surveilling him don't have to go and eat with him. It almost, I don't quite understand that either. No. I don't, I don't know whether they were maybe they were thinking info if they, from yeah, him exactly. or That's what I was whether thinking. they just were sick of eating donuts and coffee while they're surveilling him. Like I just, oh, God. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get... It does sound like something out of The Simpsons, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like a scene the Simpsons. It's just not right. By December 18, Gacy was beginning to show signs of strain from the constant surveillance. He was unshaven, looked tired, appeared anxious and was drinking heavily. That afternoon, he drove to his lawyer's office to prepare a $750,000... like COVID. ...civil suit against the displaying police department, demanding that they cease their surveillance. The same day, the serial number of the Nyson Pharmacy photo receipt found in Gacy's kitchen was traced to 17-year-old Kimberly Byers, a colleague of Peace at Nyson Pharmacy. Byers admitted when contacted in person the following day that she had worn the, worn the jacket on December 11 to shield herself from the cold. She placed the receipt in the Parker pocket just before she gave the coat to Peace as he left the store. Ah, oh, there you go. Claiming a contractor wanted to speak to him. This statement contradicted Gacy's previous statements that he had no contact with Robert Peace on the evening of December 11. A second search warrant, thank goodness. The same evening, Rossi was interviewed a second time. This time he was even more cooperative. He informed detectives that in the summer of 1977, at Gacy's behest, he had spread 10 bags of lime in the crawl space of Gacy's Ah, oh, there you go. Oh. On December 19, so this is eight days since... Robert Peace has gone missing. Investigators began compiling evidence for a second search warrant for Gacy's house. The same day, Gacy's lawyers filed the civil suit against the displaying police. The hearing for the suit sorry, was scheduled for December 22. That afternoon, Gacy invited the surveillance detective inside his house again. As Officer Robinson distracted Gacy with conversation, Officer Schultz walked into Gacy's bedroom in an unsuccessful attempt to, to track something. down the serial number <laughs> on, of a, the yeah. Motorola TV set they suspected belonged to John yeah. Sick. While flushing Gacy's toilet, the officer noticed a smell he suspected could be that of rotting corpses emanating from the oh. heating duct. Hello. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one, you're back in the room. From the duct. Officers who had searched Gacy's house previously had failed to notice this as the house had been cold. Right, because you didn't have the heating on. Yeah. Because it would be very cold in Chicago, I presume. Yeah. What time of year was it? December. Right, yeah, yeah. It's freezing, yeah, freezing, yeah. freezing cold. Yeah. Yeah. That would hide it. I must say that they're very quick to respond, aren't they? Like this is, we're talking eight days and they've learnt a lot in a very short period of time that, you know, we all now know. That... Tell him if he doesn't behave himself, he's going in the crawl space, Carla. <laughs> With a bag of lies. Get out, leave the that was my get out, leave the dog alone, close the door. That was it. And I, I was doing it all oh, oh, with my gritted teeth. Yeah, you did Sorry. It very well. What was the um what was the teeth joke that, that was we Raj. had back early on? There was something about Pavlov's dogs at the minute she Yes, that's right. They just Mom's know teeth. shit's gonna get <laughs> real. My teeth. Yeah. Shit's gonna get that's real. Right. Investigators interviewed Rossi on December twenty. He's the one who said that he had 
that helped with the um the lime the lime yeah Rossi had agreed to be interviewed in relation to his possible links with John Sick as well as the disappearance of a piece. When questioned by cousin, <laughs> did we call him? Uh, cousin, Zach, cousin Zach. As yeah. to where he believed Gacy was, had concealed Peace's body, Rossi replied Gacy may have placed the body in the crawl space, adding that he thought Sick's car was stolen. On the evening of December 20, so this is, what, nine days later, Gacy drove to his lawyer's office in Parkridge to attend a scheduled meeting ostensibly to discuss the progress of his civil suit. On his arrival, Gacy appeared dishevelled and immediately asked for an alcoholic drink, whereupon Sam Amaranti fetched a bottle of whiskey from his car. On his return, Amaranti asked Gacy what he had to discuss with them. Gacy picked up a copy of the Daily Herald from Amaranti's desk, pointed to the front page article covering the disappearance of Robert Peace and said, this boy, he's, this boy is dead, he's dead, he's in the river. Gacy then proceeded to give a rambling confession that ran into the early hours of the following morning. He began by informing Amaranti and Stevens, it's his legal team, he had been the judge, jury and executioner of many, many people and that he now wanted to be the same for himself. (laughs) He said he buried most of his victims in his crawl space and he had disposed of five other bodies in the Death Plains River. Gacy dismissed his victims as male prostitutes, hustlers and liars to whom he gave the rope trick, adding he sometimes awoke to find dead strangled kids on his floor with their hands cuffed behind their back. He had buried their bodies in his scroll space as he believed they were his property. See you next Tuesday. As a result of the alcohol he had consumed, Gacy fell asleep midway through his confession Amaranti immediately arranged a psychiatric appointment for Gacy at 9am that morning. On awakening several hours later, Gacy shook his head when informed by Amaranti he had confessed to killing approximately 30 people, saying, well, I can't think about this right now. I've got things to do. Ignoring, and for everyone who can't see me, I'm doing quotation, ignoring his lawyer's advice regarding his schedule appointment, Gacy left their office <gasps> to attend to the needs of his business. Oh, wow. Workaholic. I don't get this. The guy's nuts. The guy's insane. Just- He's insane, but where's, who's going to stop him, hey? What? You just, ugh. Gacy later rec- recollected his memories of his final day of freedom as being hazy, and he, he knew his arrest was inevitable and that he had intended to visit his friends and say his final farewells. After leaving his lawyer's office, Gacy drove to a gas station where in the course of filling his rental car, he handed a small bag of cannabis to the attendant who immediately handed the bag to the surveillance officers. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Gacy had told him. What? It's like a fucking comedy, isn't oh it? Oh, my Lord. The end is coming for me. These guys are going to kill me. Gacy then drove to the home of a fellow contractor and a friend, Ronald Rowe. Never heard of him before. Gacy hugged Road before bursting into tears and saying, I've been a bad boy. I killed 30 people, give or take a few. Or 45, yeah. Gacy left Road and drove to Cram's home to meet with Cram and Rossi. That was, Cram was also one of the guys mm. brought him. As he drove along the expressway, the surveillance officers noticed he was holding a rosary to his chin, praying while he drove. After talking with Cram and Rossi, Gacy had Cram drive him to the scheduled meeting with lawyer Leroy Stevens on the northwest side. As Gacy spoke with Stevens, Cram informed the surveillance officer that Gacy had told him and Rossi that he had confessed to over 30 murders with his lawyers the previous evening. Gacy then had Cram drive him to Mary Hill Cemetery where his father was buried. Mm. How nicely yeah, he gets to do all of this, to say goodbye to everybody. 
As Gacy drove to various locations that morning, police outlined the formal draft of their second search warrant, specifically to search for the body, Robert Peast, in the crawl space. On hearing from the surveillance detectives that in light of his erratic behaviour, behavior, sorry, Gacy might be about to commit suicide, police decided to arrest him on a charge of possession and distribution of cannabis oh. in order to hold him in custody. I, I can't believe that. As the formal request for a second search warrant was presented. This is where you'd see the system for what it is and the process that you have to follow, even though so you know what's slow going on. God, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It must have been so frustrating. Oh, for them, God, could you imagine how terrifying that must have been for everyone involved? Yeah, yeah. At 4.30 p.m. on December 21, the eve of the hearing of Gacy's civil suit where he'd you know, put the suit against the, mm. the display and police department, Judge Marvin J. Peters granted a request for a second search warrant. After police informed Gacy of their intentions to search his crawl space for the body of peace, Gacy denied the teenager was buried there, but confessed to having killed in self-defence a young man whose body was buried under his garage. One. Armed with a signed search warrant, police and evidence technicians drove to Gacy's home. On their arrival, officers found Gacy had unplugged his sump pump, flooding the crawl space with water. To clear it, they simply replaced the plug and waited for the water to drain. After it had done so, evidence technician Daniel Genty entered the 28 by 38 foot, so 8.5 metre by 11.6 metre, crawl space. He crawled to the southwest area and began digging. Within minutes, he had uncovered putrefied flesh and a human arm bone. That's rotting. Genty immediately shouted the investigators they could charge Gacy with murder, adding, I think this place is full of kids. A police photographer then dug in the northeast corner of the crawl space, uncovering a patella. The two then began digging in the southeast corner, uncovering two lower leg bones. The victims were too decomposed to, to be pieced. As the body discovered in the northeast corner was later unearthed, a crime scene technician discovered the skull of a second victim alongside this body. Later excavations of the feet of the second victim revealed a further skull beneath the body. Because of this, technicians returned to the trench where the first body was unearthed, discovering the rib cage of a fourth Looking victim within the crawl space. It's yeah. just to start, you know, the getting the, they were starting to get yeah. to confirm the scale of the murders. After being informed that the police had found human remains in his crawl space and that he would now face murder charges, Gacy told officers he wanted to clear the air, adding he had known his arrest was inevitable since the previous evening, which he'd spent on the couch in his lawyer's office. In the early hours of the morning of December 22 and in the presence of his lawyers, Gacy provided a formal statement in which he confessed to murdering approximately 30 young males, all of whom he claimed had entered his house willingly. Some victims were referred to by name, but Gacy claimed not to know or remember most of the names. He claimed all were teenage male runaways or male prostitutes, the majority of whom he had buried in his crawl space. Were any of them male prostitutes? Like, because he's claiming that. I don't know where but, Yeah, that, that's... Because no. you often hear about um, crimes against female prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, course, you know, you yes. can... Yeah, like, you could kill them and you get away with it because they weren't connected to family and they were, you know, easy to isolate. But I feel like he's just throwing these stories in uh, but none of it's actually true well some of them could have been though because as you said earlier he was quite happy to offer them money for sex and some of those kids were quite happy to go along with that but, so not to say that they were street yeah, hookers yeah. That waiting on every corner that makes but, them a victim but they were prostituting them oh actually well they're all victims 
whether they're street hookers or not. But no, no, but if, if they have a prostitute outside of that incident, that's basically like they're not the walking definition. the streets looking for money and sex. But well, you don't know. They might have. What I'm saying is that there's no proof of that, They right? might have been paid for sex before. No, what I'm saying is there's no proof of that. So, so he's saying that, but really he's just a True. fucking predator that who is using yeah. the, the oh, money to 100%. lure people and then later saying they're prostitutes. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, he's – no, I don't think they were – and that was never that was never what it was really about. When he's interviewed before he goes to trial and afterwards, he said he tries to pass himself off as having sort of this multiple personality disorder, which they don't believe he does have. Yeah. But he gets to that quite quickly when he starts talking about that. And he keeps he starts talking about, oh, Jack did that, Jack Handy did that. And he, he claims that he has this Jack persona. Handy. Jack Handy. Hanley, sorry, Jack Hanley. And Jack oh, Hanley I was gonna say Jack Handley Handy's the one who writes those funny Jerry told me to do it. <laughs> and he was saying that Jack Han- yeah, Jack, Jerry. Jack told it's me that, to do it. It's that again. And Jack yeah. Hanley was this personality of a cop who was, you know, hated homosexuals, whatever else. So he, he would paint that picture. That's why he was trying to, you know, punish these hustlers and male prostitutes. So it's just, you know, retrofitting what he'd done to and you know, they were Yeah, it's just it just he thinks that it will help his defence. Um, and that, you know, he was acting as some kind of moral champion as this, you know, this this cop, this, you know, mm. Jack Hanley figure that he, he you know, manufactures. When he's being arrested, they, they question him specifically about peace and Gacy confessed to luring him to his house and strangling him on the evening of December 11. He also admitted to having slept alongside the body that evening before December Oh, Jesus Christ, the there you hours. go. Yeah. <clears throat> On his way to the police station, he had been in a minor traffic accident after sp- disposing of peace. Remember he turned up in mud? He said he had, yeah. yeah. His vehicle had slid off an ice-covered road and he had been towed from its location. So he had... So where was... Oh, no. The body was it in the house still between... Remember he turned up afterwards, like at 3.20am, covered in mud? Yes. That must have been after he'd got rid of the body. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Accompanied by police, his lawyers, his older sister, Gacy was driven to the I-55 bridge on December 23 to pinpoint the precise point where he confessed to have thrown, having thrown the body of Robert Peast and four other victims into the Des Plaines River. Gacy was then taken to his house and instructed to mark his garage floor with orange spray paint to show where he had buried the individual he had supposedly killed in self-defence, whom he named as John Butkovich. Remember when yep. the wife and the yeah, two daughters yeah. had come back and he was struggling to put it under, well, not struggling, I was struggling to think how you'd get it under the concrete plate yeah. quickly Part um, one in the that. garage. To assist officers in their search the victims for the victims buried beneath his house during the confession, Gacy drew a rough diagram of his basement on a phone message sheet to indicate where the bodies were buried. 26 bodies were unearthed from Gacy's crawl space over the next week. Three more were also unearthed elsewhere on the property. I've got no words. The crawl space was marked in sections in each body. I know. And it's just... Oh, no, it's just a house of mm, horrors. Yeah. It really is. It's horrendous. They were finding where people had, like, my head would be next to your feet and, you know, so, where they'd, oh, they'd quit pulling... Overlapping uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, to be honest, the next week is basically just a catalogue of them finding body after body after body, you know, how they were positioned numbering bodies trying to work out how many more were there and you know there was a blizzard came through so it had to be stopped you know they stopped for christmas day but all the victims discovered at 8213 west summerdale were in an advanced state of decomposition dental records and x-ray charts helped stain 
identify the remains. 23 victims were identified by dental records with two further victims identified by a skeletal trauma. These identifications were also supported with personal artefacts found in Gacy's home. The head and upper torso of several bodies unearthed beneath Gacy's property had been placed into plastic bags. There mm. you go. Several were also found with a rope still around their necks. In some yeah. cases, bodies were found with foreign objects such as prescription bottles lobbed in their pelvic region. Uh, it's just, states included 12 victims recovered from Gacy's property died not of strangulation but of asphyxiation and the house was demolished in April of 1979. So really not that long after. Mm. I'm okay with that, I think. I think that's Work probably been a, done. So that would have a gone good into... thing. Well, I think it would be pretty hard to keep it standing because yeah, be not much left. to get in underneath and to excavate that entire area, you'd basically take all its stumps away and who'd ever want to have anything there again? House built on infamous lot. A new home was built at the former location of John Wayne Gacy's house. Yeah. You don't want to be living on that, no. do you? Like, that's bad. Bad karma. Do-do? It's poltergeist, you know, like. Bad. Juju, not do-do. Juju. Bad juju. Bad juju. I don't even know what that means, but it's bad juju, whatever it is. Bad vibes. Anyway. Bad juju. That house has got fucking bad juju. Earlier I made a comment because he, he said he was judge, jury and executioner yeah. for these people and I said, oh, well, that's yeah. like us. Um, only we tend to just send them to a fictional place <laughs> <laughs> and not necessarily knock people off and we don't rape them and we don't do that. So, no, we're not quite as, not quite as maniacal as our mate Gacy. Well, who are we taking a trial? Oh, well, I think, well, what I think I'll do, I'll tell you what, what he got. Um, what did he got? The jury deliberated for less than two hours. I mean, there's a whole host of stuff where they basically tried to present him, of course, as being crazy. You know, oh, it's, you know, he was, you know, not capable of making any decisions. He was mad, but they they found that to be not the case. The jury deliberated for less than two hours and found Gacy guilty of 33, 33 charges of murder. He was also found guilty of sexual assault and taking indecent liberties with a child. Both convictions in reference to Robert Pease. Indecent liberties with a child. At the time, his convictions... Conviction for 33 murders was the most for which any person in US history had been convicted. And this is what we're talking about before, Schmitty. In the sentencing phase of the trial, the jury deliberated for more than two hours before sentencing Gacy to death for each murder committed after the Illinois statute on capital punishment came into effect in June 1977. So anything before that... Missed out. He got a life sentence for, yeah. Mm. So that's why you, the numbers seem out. I think you do the 12 after and everything else had come before. The, the, so he was, he was sentenced to death. The life. irony of getting a life sentence whilst you're also getting a death, death sentence, like, what? Mm. We sentence you to life imprisonment for these murders and we sentence you to death for these ones. Because they're after the... Uh, what? Listen to yourselves. He did appeal, you know, and the thing is, he he was interviewed a number of times. There's a lot you can see where he's, you know, there's, there's so much footage of him talking about what happened, who people were, what he thought. It's quite remarkable. On the morning of May 9th, 1994, Gacy was transferred from the Menyard Correctional Centre to the Stateville Correctional Centre, which is where he was going to be executed. That afternoon, he was allowed a private picnic on the prison grounds with his family. For his last meal... Gacy ordered a bucket of KFC, a dozen mm-hmm. fried shrimp, French fries, fresh strawberries and a Diet Coke. 
which mm. makes me slightly alarmed because, frankly, that sounds... A little bit like your uh, trial by wine <laughs> diet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It, That's twice KFC has been... But there was a problem. Um, there was a clogging with the eye. <laughs> anyway, kind of very long story short, there was a problem when they went to um, inject him. There was a, a clog or something in the line because they hadn't done it oh. because they weren't practised executioners, as it oh. were. So as a result of that, they actually had to change the way they would do it going forward so there would never be another, you know, problem with... Botched job. Yeah, botched job. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and his last words... Anyone know his last words? Uh, I'm a dirty fuck. Nope. They were kiss my ass. Oh. What a cock. Oh. Oh. Seriously. Carla, yes. just going back to Jack Handy. Yeah. I've been um, scrolling through some of his um, handy work. His deep thoughts. And I thought, <laughs> I thought this one's quite appropriate yes. for this moment in time. So Jack Handy um, in uh, Deep Thoughts has written, to me, clowns aren't funny. In fact, they're kind of scary. I've wondered where this started and I think it goes back to the time I went to the circus and a clown killed my dad. What? What? If you don't know Jack Handy's work, it's all that kind of funny. <laughs> <don't>. A little dark. <laughs> a little dark, but also quite funny, yes. Anyway, I just thought it was very relevant to uh, clowns. It's funny, isn't it, because the whole... The whole clown thing within the context of everything that he did is neither here nor there, really, is it? He's just totally immaterial. No. Totally oh, immaterial. Yeah. And yeah. He didn't even kill anyone dressed as a, as, no. as a clown. And I, that's the one thing that I think that it kind of, in some ways, takes away from just the depravity of just killing people, not dressed yeah, up, it just luring people. It makes him ridiculous. In, yeah. It makes him more ridiculous and yeah. not funny, but ridiculous, ridiculous. and less frightening yeah. than the. The absolutely... The real monster is just who he is, yep. Monster, yeah. Really, really horrendous individual. Real monsters don't look like monsters, as Clarky said, and that's right. Just look like a middle-aged, overweight man. Or a 20-something working in a call centre. Correct. You know, as I said before. Welcome to Foxtel's World of Entertainment. Uh, This is Yoshi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't Foxtel I was talking about. Uh, okay, so I don't really know where to go with that. No. Uh, I think um, death by execution is perfectly okay. Um, I know you don't believe that, Paul. I know you don't believe in the death penalty, but I think for a person who raped, tortured, strangled, buried, threw him into a river, just was cavalier with these people because he thought he owned them, I, I am quite comfortable with the death penalty for this individual. The thing, the reason I'm not comfortable with the death penalty is in the, on the off chance that you could possibly prove that he didn't do it. Yeah. But I don't think there was anything. He himself said, I did it. Yeah. Like, I don't think that there's anything that suggests that he was an innocent person wrongfully convicted. Um, I'm trying to work out. Um, so, you know, the, the death penalty makes murderers of all of us, right? And I don't think that's no, just necessarily <laughs> something that we want to. I just don't think it's a good, you know, there's a whole lot of innocent people who all of a sudden decide that we're going to kill someone. That's not really great for um, everyone's well-being. But but I'm trying to work out what an appropriate punishment is whereby, you know, he, he, he should never, um, death penalty is almost an easy out for him. I would I would love to be able to punish him for, the rest of his days. I'm, I'm not trying to rehabilitate him, which is apparently what the 
you know, the prison Bridges system is about. Does, yeah. So I don't, I don't want that, but I, I, I literally so want him. You're going to take him to the trial by wine prison system. Which well, is yeah, but I still can't even work no out what's appropriate, right? I just think um, he, like every single last breath for him should be painful and traumatic and, and I don't know how to inflict that on him, but... But you know, killing someone just it just makes it without becoming the same level of monster. Correct. That he yeah, yes. Because he. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I agree. But you know, if you yeah. could just like um, slow roast him over a volcano um, over the course of twenty years, you know, maybe that would be okay. I just I don't know. There's it just I I don't know how to deal with this. Right? It's it's kind of got me stumped because I don't think I've got it in my own head how to punish someone who is this horrible um and 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 death is not the answer right Mm. death will come at some point for him i want it to be something more than death i just don't know i it's like suffering oh what about a clown outfit where the makeup has got like a a fair degree of acid in it so when he does his face yes it sort of burns his face a bit and the inside of the clown outfit is made of thistles, like, you know, yep. so he's scratchy and uncomfortable and he's got to go do, 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 yes. do, do, and dance around and then he gets home, he puts the cold cream on and then the next day he has to do it all again. He's got to perform like a monkey. That, that could work. Um, I'm not, I don't I, know I, that, I don't think an itchy woolen clown suit <laughs> is going to, you know, I, you know, it's like, oh, this is itchy. Oh, this is a bit more uncomfortable. So, Agreed, but still, I think that I, the idea being, oh, I, can't, I can't bear being in this is I was doing, quite getting well, I think me. it's quite maddening. I think it would be maddening over be, if you had to wear that every day for the next 30 years. I was doing years. some research for my next right? story and I'm, I'm, trying to, um, I'm trying to get a balance <laughs> right between horrific murders and hilarious comedy and it's really really hard to get as we all Not know an easy balance. no no it's really really hard but there was something that came up about um i was looking into revenge crimes and there was this woman who had invented mm. this thing that you put inside your vagina so that when someone tries to rape you it's it's basically this like a venus flytrap no it, well it's worse it's teeth. like a sheath teeth. it's a sheath and off. if you put your penis into it you are only going to shred your penis oh! while you, but you also then can't get it out. And so, like, it's oh. it's horrific, right? And and so it never really took off because <laughs> most people aren't no. that um, oh, vindictive. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, like, just all kinds of fuck. But, but I want something like that for him. I just don't know what it would be. But maybe it's like a crawl space version of this where you can crawl your way in mm. with your dead body but now you're fucked but hang on could you make his prison cell he has to lie down in the crawl space make it the crawl space i like that with with lime dripping Agreed. correct like little a little lime yeah a little lime drips. shower or leakage. something lime leakage. leakage or what was the other one gargle gurgulations gurgulations yeah he yeah. should definitely suffer gurgulations every day, whatever they are. Well, I've got one nice thing maybe to finish it off, which is is very small, but it's nice. So We like nice. Robert Peace's family were absolutely amazing and the the police department were very fond of them and, you know, they just felt absolutely dreadful having to share the news, but they worked really closely with them. And they 
they believe and they find solace in the fact that they always said that Robert always thought he was going to do something really important, really special, and he thought he was destined to do something amazing. And they believe that by him being murdered and the way it went down was the fact that that was what led them to Gacy after this. So they find comfort in that. Wow. And I know it's not a lot, but it's really the only positive yeah. thing that I could come across in the whole, whole terrible, terrible It's an incredible time. way and of looking at a bad situation, isn't it? Like, yeah, and that's his brother's been quoted as saying that. And I just think, wow, that's pretty amazing to be able to come out and say that. But I guess they've just got to try and find something hopeful and yeah, positive, otherwise it'll just yeah. destroy you. Well, sorry, that was not really my most. That was amazing. Next time, people, I promise yeah. you that. It was very, it was really good, Carla. I mean, when we do our uh, little rider, we do talk about that we want to look into the the weird shit mm. basically that humanity has and I, I think we say it better than that you know how fascinating humans can be and that that fascination isn't just a positive one it can be a highly negative one as well and Absolutely. you've brought a particularly <laughs> bizarro interesting individual to our notice and attention and um and also made me a bit frightened about everyone who I know now I do think this kind of, of stuff sometimes a, when I after we do this I think oh I must go and mention to the children not to do this and not to do that because I think that sometimes don't get into a car yeah, with someone I feel like you know I really do because these are yeah. adults mm. these are not yeah. just little children that are being let off these are you know in all these situations and it only takes yep. someone to you, you trust the wrong person just the wrong judgment yeah that's right oh. you know you were talking earlier about him picking people up and that sort of stuff and and I was thinking about you know when I went to England and I met Andy yeah. and you take a stranger. chance of and I went back to his house and I stayed there for a week yep. and I remember we were up in the highlands of Scotland and he's driving me around and we're and I, I had this moment where I thought oh this like we were really remote there was no one around and he turned to me and he said it's a great place for <laughs> rape and murder and I was like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really and you're, oh, you're really, joking. you're really doing it for Speaking me, hun. From experience, as it turned out, he Jesus was kidding. Christ. You had me at ripping. I remember at the time thinking, <laughs> I hope that's yeah. a joke because I and I don't know. He, I don't know if he'd seen my face or something, but yeah. It doesn't take much to get it wrong because, as we said before, we just kind of hope everyone's not a killer. All right, thank you very thank much, you. Carla. Um, as per usual, Miss Love you, long time. And you, Clarky. Can't wait to the next one. Ciao, ciao. 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 Love you, guys. Bye. Miss you. Bye. On a serious note, because Swanee couldn't cover all of the victims of John Wayne Gacy and because we believe that those victims should be remembered, here they are. Tim McCoy, John Butkovich, Daryl Sampson, Randall Reffitt, Samuel Stapleton, Michael Bonin, William Billy Carroll, Rick Johnson, Gregory Godzik, John Sick, John Prestige, Matthew Bowman, Robert Gilroy, John Mowray, Russell Nelson, Robert Winch, Tommy Belling, David Talsma, William Kindred, Tim O'Rourke, Frank Wayne Dale Landigan, James Mazzara, Robert Peast, and the two victims who survived, Jeff Rignall and Robert Donnelly. Our thoughts and prayers go out to their families and hope that they are never forgotten. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. 
Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com trial by wine or visit our website www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.